you've reached your destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this! Hey y'all, welcome to Harmonic Headspace. The icing to the cake that is your weekend oh. on a prompt 7 p.m. in zero seconds Whew. on Sunday night. We are not late. We are early. <laughs> late? It's early. <laughs> it's not late. Welcome. Uh, yeah, so tonight we are going to do part two of our Neil Young show. 100% of the people in this room fucking love Neil Young. Neil Young is the man. This is the more challenging era. But I, I accept the challenge. The man is so good, he needs two shows. That, that's uh, what everyone should be digesting right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, last week, did we skip? No, we, uh, we had a show. Uh, Keith was, uh, was out. Oh, with, that's uh, right. He was on the DL. He had the groin injury that we were talking about. Yeah. Mm, Self-inflicted? Mm. Very Again? much so. <laughs> the details are gory. We shouldn't uh, go into it. <laughs> okay. But he's back We now. talked about my colonoscopy, very so it itchy. can't be any worse than that. It's very yeah. itchy. Oh. Uh, it's yeah. an itchy situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we just uh, we had sort of a random show. We just oh, that's right. We just kind of jumped in and did we did a couple of uh, uh, smaller concepts where we had like just three song blocks yeah. of a concept versus an entire show. Yep. And then just played some random shit that we just wanted to hear. Yeah, that was fun. I remember you, that now. Did you put the show on shuffle, Astro? Uh, no, not this time. <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, but we're back doing a show about something specific, and uh, yeah, it's good to be back uh, with you guys, Astro and Storzy. That's right. Thank you. Where we where we left off with Neil Young, uh, I believe was uh, we're 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 in the eighties. We we kind of like rushed through his eighties phase with David Geffen. Well, we we wrapped up the Geffen phase at the end of the last show, which right. is a good place to wrap because yeah. I think you've pretty much had it by that time that ended. Yeah, I, I, so the last album that was released in part one was Life, right? That's where we, that's where we left off. That's correct, 1987. So that was 1987. So we're in, you know, we're, we're in 1988 now, um, and uh, Neil Young's career is about to take off once again. Yeah, so take off again. Are we taking off again? Let's take it. Was that the cue?
The check is here! It's in the mail! <laughs> All right, that was some primal late 80s, early 90s Neil Young and Crazy Horse for a chunk of that there. Mm-hmm. Um, give That's- us a call. Abrews listener line, 617-829-9283, or text us if you're shy. 617-764-9283. what's that spell, stores? I have no idea. Wave. Wave. Oh. Wave. In both cases, I don't text in in with the numbers to make letters anymore. That it's not two thousand. Well, it, it's wave. <laughs> so I'm letting you know. So uh, yeah, give us a call, text us, let us know how much you love Neil, how much you hate Neil, what songs you want to hear, and uh, yeah, Neil Young Part Two. We just heard like the the daddy of grunge. Those songs, well, two out of the three, anyways, right? Well, yeah, and the thing is, uh, okay. you know, like Sorsi said. We're jumping in here, and Neil's signed back to Reprise Records, 
and he's coming out of his stupor with this notes for you which is kind of a novelty song i mean but big time pretty big budget video for it it won video of the year even though it was banned on mtv because it was anti-corporate and like all of these sponsors of mtv were i think mtv proactively said no fuck we can't play this sorry and then then it won mtv video of the year ain't singing singing for spuds i mean they had that spuds mckenzie McKenzie. budweiser ad ain't singing for he he called out coke he called out pepsi he called out budweiser i I believe it's a shot miller it's it's a shot at other music i mean neil just wasn't in the mood for corporate sponsorship and I, at the time i believe eric clapton had yes. a miller light commercial he had a miller light yeah. commercial like, and if um, you remember in the video like yeah. he spoofs michael jackson's hair getting caught yeah, on fire yeah. for the pepsi commercial uh, like, yeah. that's in the video <laughs> i mean it, it's it, it's a bit much i mean for him to come down that i mean the song was good and it had a good message and i'm sure people got behind it but uh I mean, there's a lot of money on the table for those endorsements, Neil. Yeah, well, uh, you know, <laughs> they weren't endorsing him, and you know, he called it like he saw it. Like this yeah. is bullshit. Like this is impacting creativity because people are doing things. Like, look oh, to your I, point with Eric. He Clapton. was right about that. Eric Clapton redid After Midnight for a fucking commercial, right. a beer commercial. Yeah, but it was yeah. so good. I know. Yeah, that but slow the original is better though. Awesome. I, look, it, it's a it's a fine line, right? You know, because you you want to get paid for your art, but. You also want to keep it real, and it's hard to do both. Well, I mean, yeah. he, he goes after corporations a lot. I mean, yeah. we'll get later tonight, we'll have a song from the Monsanto years. It's not going to be one of the ones that, like, there's a lot. Like, he goes after big box stores. He goes after, you know, Monsanto and all of the GMOs. Like, I picked a song off there that's a little less overt, but the entire theme of the album is anti-corporate pro-farmer right. And that's Neil sometimes gets caught up a little more than he probably should in things he doesn't know as much about as he thinks I mean, he does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, right. we, can, we can leave it at this. But my last comment is simply like, OK, Neil, you've already had Harvest, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. You've had this amazing career. Russ never sleeps. You've had lots of platinum success. And now you don't like corporations and you're going to sing about it. That's great. But for me, the struggling musician who might want some of that action, you know, uh, and he's okay for, like to tell a young band to not take the money you know? well like, i don't think he was saying that I, yeah. I think he's basically saying hey man i don't need this shit don't, yeah, yeah I, exactly yeah I, i'm not singing for miller i'm not singing for bud he's like you Fair guys enough. can feel yeah. free to but right. this is my stance he said this note's for you this yeah. note's that's, for you that's and, and that's and that's such a, it's so genius too it's like yes, it is. this is not paid for by any corporation this note that i wrote is for you <laughs> yes it's that's awesome that's awesome um, and that, I mean, that sort of got him back in the public eye a little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. um, which MTV pa- success at that time meant you were back in the conversation. And, and that paved the way. The thing is, like, that video was never shown on MTV, but he won the award and it paved the way for mm-hmm. his next video, which absolutely was on MTV. Mm-hmm. Oh, you couldn't get away from it. Uh, so, so in 88, This Knows For You comes out. 89, Rockin', uh, Rockin' In The Free World, Off Freedom, right. comes out. And that song changes neil's career forever yes and music honestly well that's that's, that's, that song's a flagpole that's the song that Um, that basically cemented him as godfather of grunge before the word grunge even existed but but i I have i have more on that so yes he gets that that name godfather of grunge but if you think about what's on the radio at that time you're just a lot of guns and roses there's still poison on the radio molly crew jovi i mean think about 89 man uh dr feelgood was fucking huge yes dr feelgood a great song by the way but um my my point is like, Rocket in the Free World is like wop 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 wop. I mean that's a heavy metal riff. I mean that is a song like you would hear on Guns N' Roses or Metallica, mm-hmm. or right. Rose, any of those 
bands that were really popular then. So that song appealed to that crowd. But it also was like, it's got that signature dirty Neil. Like, mm-hmm. well, and it and goes into this crazy break a string guitar solo at the yeah, end. Like and two it, notes, and it, yes, throwing one and broken it, and string. And that's, that's grunge. That's why, he yeah. get, that's why you make that connection. But at that time, that song was so popular, I believe, because it spanned both. But it you're launched also, a new thing, and it was tied to the old thing. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. also just talking about the sound of the song. There's also the content, the lyrical content. Yeah, he was brought very, politics he into was, it. He oh, yeah. pushed Big it hard, time. you know, anti-Reagan, yep. specific. thousand points of light. Yeah, I yep. mean, it's very, very specific. Talking and about recycling? It's Neil, man. That, that, <laughs> he's, he's always been one to put his beliefs right up front. Oh, totally. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it just feels a little heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. But it's always Neil, and it's always consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Styrofoam boxes. Yeah. And toilet paper. Uh, and then, and then we, we made a creative decision here. One of our favorite Neil Young albums is Ragged Glory with Crazy Horse. The, the big comeback after Rockin' the Fury World broke everything open. I said, okay, Neil, he's not your acoustic guy. You know, he's he's rocking the shit out. It's like, okay, we're bringing Crazy Horse in. I was I was talking to Proceed during the break, and it's like, this is what I think happened. Uh, Rockin' the Free World comes out, <clears throat> and Neil's like, oh, shit, people like this. <laughs> well, let me call up the horse. We right. need to do an album. You know, we need to do it like this. And well, that's th- Ragged Glory. I think uh, I think Ralph played drums on that in the studio version. It wasn't the horse, yeah, right, but it was, right. you know, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because if you there's a famous, I think, Saturday Night Live performance from 89 where Neil plays Rockin' in the Free World and he didn't have, he had some other like session guy and just totally sounded like the drums sounded shitty because well, it, it wasn't Ralph's mm, drums. Look, if yeah. we're talking live performances, that MTV Music Awards where he came out with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I was on fire. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, he, he can't, and remember, like, he apologized to his wife because she said, Neil, don't play this song on national TV. <laughs> and then Pearl Jam starts and Neil comes out. Oh.
Then I thought about the times we had Once when I kicked him when he was bad Old King Sherman sure lot to me But that hound dog is history King went running after deer Wasn't scared of jumping off the truck and hiding Sniffing and he would go It's the best old hound dog I ever did know That old king was a friend of mine Never knew a dog that was half as fine I may find one you never do know Cause I still got a long way to go
just a dreamer But you are just a dream You could have been anyone to me Before that moment you touched my lips That perfect feeling when time just slips away between us on our foggy trips. You are like a hurricane. There's calm in your eyes. And the feeling stays I want to love you but I get so blown away blown Ah, welcome back to Harmonic Headspace, Wave Radio Boston, Icing Cake. It is your weekend, and you are listening to the crowd applaud profusely for Neil Young. MTV Unplugged. MTV Unplugged version of uh, Like a Hurricane, which is an older song. but uh, That song, let, let's talk about that song for a second. Yep. That was a pipe organ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So th- there are, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. There are no other fucking awesome rock songs that feature a pipe organ and a harmonica. And I, I mean, that song is so emotional. It's so the, the lyrical content is amazing. Yeah. It, the the instruments they're played on are amazing. Are you uh, talking about like the wind, original or just no, this, this version? Just heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two wind instruments in in a rock song, okay? And so you get the lyrics, you get the emotion, you have the instruments, and even the chords. Like he, the uh, the verses are in a very heavy minor. Hammers down on the minor. Very right. minor, and that's what you like when you think of church. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's a pipe organ that's always, always played in a minor key, but he elevates it in the chorus and you his, like his voice it. becomes an instrument in that song yeah it's so perfect too because it gets he, lost he in the electric it. version sometimes yeah, yeah when he when he goes from that minor key to the major key with the pipe organ and th- that song is just like it, the version of that song that we just heard mm-hmm. 
is like an epic rock like yeah, art piece of art. It's a big flex from Neil. I'm gonna do this this electric <laughs> yeah. guitar song on a pipe organ, and yeah. it's still gonna be awesome. Well, yeah. we were talking earlier, like we've seen, <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing about seeing Neil, he does solo acoustic shows. We've seen a couple of them mm-hmm. where it's literally just him. Now that wasn't the case here because this specific song was basically just him, but this was from the MTV Unplugged where he actually had some other musicians. But he does solo acoustic tours where he'll go and. It'll just be him on a stage with a bunch of guitars, a pipe organ, a piano, uh, maybe a banjo, and obviously his harmonica around his head. And he'll be playing songs, and like he'll be getting up, and he'll just like yeah. you'll see him walk around, like he'll be like, ah, which I use this guitar, or should I, you know? And he'll walk around between songs. And yeah. we've seen him do this uh, using the pipe organ and harmonica combo. He did that one time, I think, in Oakdale in, in Connecticut. We saw him do that for mm-hmm. After the Gold Rush. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, obviously That's he usually plays on the piano. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's not as drastic as taking this electric, you know killer rock tune like uh you know like a hurricane um but it's still a a much more drastic sounding approach Mm -hmm. yeah i saw him play this with uh crazy horse in like probably 94 95 uh and the end of the song was kind of like fucking up what we heard was like you know two to three minutes of just noise and i remember him breaking strings like they they you know had the close-up on the jumbotron of him and showed him breaking the string yeah. at the yeah. end of like a hurricane it's it's crazy well, how different you can make these exactly. pieces of art you yeah. know like there's one song like from well, one that was live. the point of unplugged right was like here's these so- like Layla, mm-hmm. the famous you know like, yeah see if you can spot changed, this one he changed yeah. it and it, it had a whole new life yeah, yeah it was because, awesome uh, it was a, you know, i think it was honestly it's a bigger hit than the original Layla. Yeah. i mean yeah. i wasn't around for the original hit but that was gigantic yeah it was um the other thing that one of the other songs i considered playing off of unplugged but I, i'm like i can't not play this like a hurricane because it's just awesome what he does with it but he does a song called transformer man it's not as well known but it's on the album trans and it's trans has like everybody's like oh it's that you know he sings like through the computer he only does that for about half the songs but this is one of the ones that he sings through the vocoder and the interesting thing is he has it on Unplugged, and it's just acoustic guitar singing into a straight microphone, and it sounds almost like a different song because mm-hmm. you can actually hear what he's singing. You yeah, know? yeah. Needle and the Damage Done is also on that album, right? Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing an acoustic album. That one's he's on. doing that, yeah. Yeah, that was also like a uh, like almost an anthem, yeah. right, for Neil Young? Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about the other songs we heard. So we heard uh, Fucking Up. From 1990s Ragged Glory, you guys heard the 1991 live version because it's always better live. It's always better live. Uh, and then we heard Old King from 1992's Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon, the last platinum album Neil Young has put out. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. the trajectory. Like we talked about how the show started here today, our show tonight. You know, he was flashback into the public eye with this notes for you. He had a giant breakout hit with Rockin' in the Free World, turned that into this awesome, I would argue, the best if not one of the best crazy horse albums in ragged glory yep and then he folds that right dumps the horse that goes right into harvest moon brings back the entire squad just from like, the harvest yeah. album if including the attention- backup singers if you paid attention to the first show like he rises to glory and then runs from it right hmm. that that's kind of his his thing he's he, he's this is now his third you know charge up the hill right with <laughs> with freedom and uh and ragged glory well, and huge Harvest success, Moon. huge tours, puts out a live album, and then he's like, you know what? We're going back to Harvest Moon. We're doing, we're doing 
acoustic. We're gonna we're gonna lighten it up a bit. Well, I mean, we saw like he he <laughs> he has tried in the past whether it was his intent or a record company or Elliot Roberts, you know, nudging to sort of make a follow up to Harvest. And we talked about it last show. He kind of went in that direction with Comes a Time, and it didn't really hit the mark. Um, Harvest Moon certainly hit the mark, and it was definitely more of a true sequel. Like I mentioned, he brought in, uh, you know, at the time, basically unknown James Taylor and Emmylou Harris. to They sang backup on the original Harvest. He brought them back to sing backup on the Harvest Moon album. So, like, he really he got the same crew back, and he came in with a very strong batch of songs, and he hit it out of the park. Like, you know, stories you said, that was his last platinum album. Two times platinum. Two times. Nice.
Yeah, This Town by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Awesome stuff. Be heard, before that, we heard Active Love. Yeah, Active Love. And before that, Sleeps With Angels. Let's get to some text, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Uh, this first one says, uh, what is uh, Neil Young's best two backup bands in order? P.S. Prosty of all the DJs I have ever heard, you are the best looking. Thank you, S. Gossard. Thank you, uh, S. Gossard. Thank you, Mr. Gossard. So, uh, you guys want to answer the question? Who are the best two backup bands? Oh, the Crazy Horse is well, obviously number well, gotta, one. Well, let's list let's list them out. Okay. Who are they? Booker T, right? Uh, Booker T and the MGs, uh, Crazy Horse, uh, the Santa Monica Flyers, the Stray Gators. Stray Gators. Um. Yeah. The Blue Note Cafe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Crosby, uh, Stills, and Nash. No. Yeah, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Exactly. Uh, prom- promise of the Real. Um, no, you, you've got. I mean, that's the Pearl list. Jam. That, that's the list. I mean, there's, I, there's more, but I think that's the majority. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the answer is you have to almost just eliminate Crazy Horse and pick another one because it's too obvious. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's eliminate Crazy Horse I, because I, they're the obvious number one. I think one. you got to say the Stray Gators just because yeah. of the time period and what they were doing out there on stage. And that was the This Notes for You? No. No. That was uh, Harvest Through Time Fades Away. Okay. Stray Gators. There you go. They get the win. 
Buffalo Springfield was pretty good too, but that's a different situation. Yeah, that's that's a, not his band. It's a band, not a backup band. Um, you know, who else could just? I think it's the Stray Gators and and uh, I mean the Santa Monica Flyers were the uh, the tonight tonight okay. crew. Mm. But I I don't know. I would say Crazy Horse just because of the longevity. Crazy um, Horse, yeah. and they were the first backup band, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I would go with the Stray Gators. You think the Stray Gators are a better backup band than Pearl Jam? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just one album. I mean, yeah, one album for both, right? Well, I don't know. The Stray Gators were there for a little bit. That's, I think that's what okay. Rich is yeah. going yeah. for. Um, well, and every single one of the albums they did was better than the one the Pearl Jam did. So, <laughs> mm. but let's talk about the Pearl Jam thing. So they made a an album called Mirrorball. Uh, late. Probably after Pearl Jam's what what year was it? 90. It was ninety six. All was, right, so it was after no, it they came put out, out ninety five. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mirrorball came out yeah. ninety five. It was right. It was peak right of, after the the Ticketmaster stuff. Yeah, okay, so peak no code. of their powers though. No, this is before no before. Code. It was right. after. It was after Vitology. Yeah. Okay, so after their second album, but when they almost broke third. up. Vitology is their third album. Correct. You can Google it. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Google. Yeah, yeah. I was getting. I, I get the V. I'm thinking yeah. versus. No, Vitology was yes. huge for them. Corduroy. I mean. So at that time, Pearl Jam was the biggest rock band. Absolutely. On the planet. Pearl Jam. No. Pearl Jam was about to break up at that point, and Neil Young kept them together. Well, That's what happened. Mm. I mean, okay. You have so Mirrorball to me is an mm. album that plays to both. Both artists coming together plays yes. to their strengths. Yeah. What do people want from Pearl Jam? They want them to rock, right? What do we want from Neil? A, a, a certain great percentage of Neil fans want him to rock. Oh, right? everybody wants him to rock. I mean, let's be and realistic. And Mirrorball rocks. It, it starts off with Active Love. That song. Mm-hmm. That song. No, it is, starts off with Song X. Oh, right. Which is awesome too. I and mean, every song on the album is great. There's there's some repetitiveness to it because Pearl Jam is kind of a single trick well, pony for the most part. Didn't they at that time for what they were doing? Yeah, well, but, I mean, look. It, it but those songs sound like Pearl Jam. They sound like yes. Neil. They they they're able to get their, you know, their mark on the, on the songs. Um, it's a very I, homogenous I, I, sounding I think, album. I think it was rushed too, wasn't it? Like um, like a two week recording. It was period quick, or and also Pearl Jam. Those two words are found nowhere on the packaging. They weren't allowed to be list. They weren't allowed to be listed as Pearl Jam because of the record company. Yeah. So they list the people who contribute to the yeah. album. And it has the names of all the band members, mm-hmm. and that's it, though. So they don't mention or talk about them being Pearl Jam at all. Right. I think that that album could have. Would have sold a lot more if they have, had Pearl Jam. Could have sold a lot more, <laughs> and if it had a, a hit song on it, like and, downtown. And, 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 downtown was a pretty big and, hit. And a, and a reason why, uh, there's there's another choice they made that I think impacted how that album was received. In that Eddie doesn't have a song that he sings on the album. If Eddie, if they if they let Eddie sing a song. Or, or one of his songs or whatever. Well, if they put the two, you know, I just feel like, I feel like together. at that time, if, if Eddie had a song that had a good hook and you know, he was, Guys, the, he they, was the lead. It would have, it would have risen. They, I totally agree. They, all they needed to do was put the two Merkin ball EP songs on it. They were recorded during those sessions. Yeah. Uh, long road. And I got ID or it, I would say those yeah. are songs that they recorded from those sessions. Neil plays, he plays pump organ on long road and he plays lead guitar on, I got it. Like if they just put those on that yeah, album right. and 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 it was listed as Neil Young and Pearl Jam, I think a lot, it would have been a platinum. I think I totally a lot agree. more people know those these songs on this album, which are all good. I mean, I, it's not to take away; it's just uh, without 
Yeah, Eddie the only way song, you know I it. I think that that diminished like how much reach that album was going to. Yeah, get. you. The only way you know that album is if you know Neil Young. Yeah. Because I think even a lot of the general public who would have known Pearl Jam's albums didn't know that they made an album with Neil yeah, Young. Yeah, and, and again, it was kind of slipped in there while they had a break in touring or something. Yeah. Right? Well, like, the, the funny thing is too, like like the the one song that like is still. He played today like Pearl Jam plays I'm the Ocean and I, we've seen Neil Young and Crazy Horse yeah. play I'm the Ocean. Yeah. So like th- that's a song yeah. that actually has legs yeah. which is funny because Downtown was actually a minor hit at the time when it came out. Like it was it was a song that was played on mm-hmm. the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it could have been a lot more if they could have made it more of a formal Neil Young and Pearl Jam project. And we also had uh, Sleepless Angels from 94. So this is something that uh, Astro was talking about during the break was Neil's putting albums out every year. Like 94, Sleeps with Angels, 95, Mirrorball, 96 is Broken Arrow, where we heard this town uh, from. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. But uh, Sleeps with Angels was, was a song that, that had a backstory. Yeah, and uh, you know, when Kurt Cobain uh, killed himself, in his suicide note, he actually quoted Neil Young's Hey, Hey, My, My. It's like, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Mm. And uh, Neil was you know, that bothered him a little bit, yeah. you know, that, that mm-hmm. he put that in a suicide note. And, and the story goes like he actually had reached out to Kurt because he heard through the grapevine that he was struggling and was never able to connect with him like within a month of, of when uh, he killed himself. And uh, Sleeps With Angels was an album that was, and this title track specifically was written about Kurt. Um, and if you listen to the lyrics of the title track, it, it talks about, you know, referencing him and Courtney. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's it's obtuse like Neil always is going to do, unless it's something political or anti corporate, then he's gonna be very specific. <laughs> Which I think is uh very related to grunge. You know, yeah. like they like to speak out, uh they're highly emotional. Uh I, I just one not to bring back Pearl Jam, but I wanted to I, I wanted to say a quote. Actually uh, not the quote, but I remember reading uh Eddie Vedder talking about what it's like to play with Neil Young and he said Neil Young is like a lion in a cage when he's on the stage pacing back and forth playing his guitar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> just like this little that, powerball. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, they were, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up here, but they, they toured together in 95, I believe. And, uh, Pearl Jam was opening for Neil. And, and I believe at one, one of the shows, like stadium shows, Eddie lost his voice or something happened and he couldn't play. So they just played together the whole first set. That's so awesome. Neil came out and played with Pearl Jam for their set. Show? And then like oh then Crazy Horse or whoever Neil was playing with came out later and they played. That's yeah. insane. From the white man 
Destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this!
All right. You are here at Wave Radio Boston with Harmonic Headspace with Storzy, Prosty, Astroy. We are here celebrating the life of Neil Young. Part two. The sequel. Neil Young, the sequel. The sequel. So we uh, we started this one off with uh, the last song from the 90s. This was uh, Pocahontas, which is obviously an older song from the 70s. But we're taking advantage of the fact that Neil released a lot of live albums right after they were recorded. And that's what we did uh, in 97. They released Year of the Horse, which was from his 96, 97 uh tour on uh what enormously Broken Arrow. successful tour an awesome tour to have have seen in in, in, in to orient us back jerry has died in 95 and in 96 if you went if you were going to a summer tour you got to see neil young you got to see allman brothers mm-hmm. uh you know yep. all the it was it was an amazing and year i did see the both yeah. of like, those bands of that touring year. just well, not to mention Fish from 96, but yeah, that's a whole yes. other. Yeah, Black Crows. Oh, I mean, Black they Crows. Uh, Torn on three summer, Oh, my God. That summer, actually, uh, Black Crows opened for the Almond Brothers. Well, they, that was the first Horde tour, and the Black Crows were on the Horde tour. I remember we right. uh, right. went up there with uh, Kenny Soy. Uh, <laughs> You it was you and me and Kenny, right? And we drove out yes, to like yes. a, it, it was like a, it was some like park. Buffalo or something. Yeah, it was it was like some amusement park, and we yeah. saw the the first horde tour ever. Yeah. Um, and Arlo Guthrie played for way too long, yeah. and the Black Crows played, and like Rat Dog, like yeah, it was yeah. it was Blues yeah. Traveler. Yeah, they were the well, founders the fir- of the horde. No, no, first, not the horde. Tra- I'm sorry, the fur- the further festival. Further so I meant to say the further festival. Yeah, uh, the sorry, first further which was Phil Lesh, right? Uh, it was. It was the remnants of the dead, really. Yeah. But didn't Phil Lesh have something to do with planning the further festival? Oh yeah, I mean those. those was guys it the are, further mean? Those guys are getting paid. If yeah, like the, the bus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Phil, Bobby. Like I think all those guys were yeah. still doing it. Yep. It was a good year of live music, and and that's an example was uh, Neil Young touring. Yeah, Neil yeah. Young we touring. Heard, we heard Pocahontas, and, and I think I've talked about this uh, on the show before. Like that summer of '96, you and I saw. Two nights in a row at Greatwoods, two sets per night of Neil and Crazy Horse, different sets. Nice. Both nights. Different sets. And the opening bands for that were Beck and Primus. No, oh my no, God. no, 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 no. That was a horde <laughs> tour. I'm talking about when we saw Neil Young Crazy yeah. Horse, just the headlining. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, the yeah. horde tour for when Neil was on it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's had, true. Had oh, some, my God. Had some, that that was, is like an awesome. It had, had Beck touring, uh, you know. Uh, Odelay. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was Beck, yeah. amazing. It was Beck touring yeah. Odelay. That's the first time I ever saw him, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, this guy's got that shit." Yeah, it was so good. Um, and yeah, Primus. I mean, mid '90s Primus. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, that's the best time for Primus. Yep. Although the Willy Wonka tour was fucking yeah, was cool. awesome. I've never seen a Brad Primus tour. Let's be yeah. realistic. Yeah, here. It hasn't yeah. So, um, so we moved into 2000 with. Uh, Buffalo Springfield again. Yeah, well, before that, I, mean, I don't want to s- just skip over it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another reunion of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and right, Young between, right. uh, you know, the Year of the Horse uh, tour and uh, when Silver and Gold came out, and they came out with an album. I think it was a bunch of songs that were almost came out on Silver and Gold. It came out in 99. The name of the album was Looking Forward, and Neil has, like, three really, really strong songs, as strong as any songs on Silver and Gold, except for Razor Love. Um but that that was a great album. It was the the the, the real good Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young reunion album. I think Stills had a really good song on there. Crosby had a good song. Nash sang some there too. Yeah, they re, they redeemed a bit there. Uh, 
They did, but they ripped some of the best songs off of Silver and Gold. Yeah. <laughs> but we played Buffalo so, Springfield again. Someone's got to give a good song, you know. It, yeah, yeah. Neil gave three, including the title yeah. track. But Buffalo Springfield again, man, what an awesome, fun tune. Like, yeah, it's very, cool. It's a very clear, there's nothing ambiguous. Neil's singing about, like, reminiscing. It's a very sunny, breezy song. Mm-hmm. And then he, one of the verses even talks about, like, playing in the afternoon sun. Like, mm-hmm. just talking about, like, the mid-60s and, like, getting with Buffalo Springfield together and just having a great time. And he, he acknowledges that, like, hey, something went sideways here. Yeah. Not saying whose fault it was. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and the funny thing is they actually ended up getting three of them ended up getting back together and, and did a small like a, like six or eight uh, gigs uh, in the U.S. of Stills, uh, Neil and uh, Richie Fure, the three singers in the band. Uh, all the other guys were dead. The other two guys, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in typical Neil fashion, you know, they were talking about doing a big like full tour of the U.S. And like and Neil's like, yeah, no, I've got something else going on. Yeah. What what album did Pocahontas originally come out on? That was on uh, Rust Never Sleeps. Rust Never Sleeps, yeah. Okay. So think about it. Uh, between the two shows, I think we've played, what, four songs? Five? Four or five songs off Rust Never Sleeps. Yeah. We, we figured them out there somehow. Sedan Delivery, Pocahontas, Pocahontas yeah. Welfare, Welfare Mothers, Mothers yeah. and I think... That may be it. That's probably. I know it. we played uh, Powderfinger. Powderfinger, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we played four I songs. Think we, I think we found the center of the three of our universes. Yeah, if, I if, know. If co- we coalesce. Yes. Uh, the planet we form is planet. Planet, <laughs> planet, planet sleeps. never sleeps exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we avoided hey hey my my and all of that too somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so then uh, you know Silver and Gold is just another acoustic album. Like I said, Razor Love is probably one of my favorite. Neil Young acoustic songs. Um, I would argue it's as good as anything, damn near anything on uh, Harvest Moon. Um, but we didn't play that because it's too long. So we played Buffalo Springfield again, fun little tune. And then, uh, you know, throwing it back to the older stuff again, a 70s tune walk on uh, that he played uh, on the Road Rock Volume 1 album that came out uh, in 2000. Uh, I saw that tour, it was awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, they had a fantastic, there's a video that came out for it too uh, that came out in 2000. And when they play the last song, it's uh, uh, Down by the River. And uh, no, I'm sorry, Cowgirl on the Sand. It's easy to confuse mm-hmm, those two. Mm-hmm. Easy. And it's like 20 minutes long, and it's through a pouring deluge uh, at Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. So you're watching it at Red Rocks, and just the rain is just pouring, pouring, and they're just railing for like 20 minutes. It's so awesome to watch. That's cool. Walk On's one of those songs where uh, it was on the greatest hits, right? Neil Young's greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're like, what album? It, okay, it's yeah, 1990s <laughs> me is like, what album is this off? And you don't have the internet to tell you. Right. You you have to, how do you find out if what, what album this song was on? You ask yeah. somebody. I mean, you, yeah, you, you have go to, go, to the record store and, and, and you have to make yourself all the a albums note. and look for it. You make what? yourself a note. And you're not going to find it. And then they go to well, Newberry if you, if you went to the, a record store and you pull up all the albums and you're looking for that song, you're not going to find it. You're you're why? Because he, he didn't allow that album to go on tape or CD. Uh, and we talked about this in part one. Yep. And Walk yeah. On was one of those songs where, where you, you know, like, I know it's on an album, but uh, I guess I'm not allowed to know. Well, yeah. that, that's the funny thing that, that I think Walk On is the song that sort of bridged you into like, hey, you know, On the Beach is so awesome. And I know the first song. Yeah. So it's like it's not a completely blind album. Like I know Walk On from the greatest hits. And then you know that's an entire coming. album of stuff. When you like, press Whoa. play, you know that one's at least coming. Yeah. You're like, I know yeah. this song. And then after that, you're like, man, there's like another six songs I've yeah. never heard. And people say this is a good album. Album. Man, do you remember that time when you didn't know that album and you're like, there's another six songs here. I can't wait to hear them. And then you hear them and you're like, holy shit. I know. It, it, 
it's uh, what it's year not, did it's nothing that would happen to it. That only came out in 70, 74. Th- 74. What yeah. year did Harvest Moon come out? 92. 92. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in in uh, the last two songs we played, <clears throat> Neil's 55 when when those come out. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not a spring chicken. No. And still has another couple of decades to go yeah. until we get to where yeah. we are today. And he's yeah. still out there doing it, man. Yeah. So uh, 92 Harvest Moon. Um, just off of a few years of saying, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to play for and make money and sell out. Right. Right. But Harvest Moon in 20 years was played in a movie. Do you know what movie that was? Uh, the whole song. Interstellar. I wish I knew. Nope. Go. Go. Uh, uh, a Quiet Place. Oh shit! Oh, you're right. They danced to that song, wow. which was a, a was unknown legend, greatly song placed song. Like we've talked about this. Oh, a few it was times. A, it was actually Harvest Moon the song, right? Yes, the heart, the okay. song. It, so we've talked about we've done shows where we we sh- that this song like was huge in this particular movie, right? Yeah, or in this I scene, think Harvest yeah. Moon in Quiet Place was one of those that you if you don't know what song that is, you're just like, whoa, what is this song? Yeah. You right. know, it's perfect. It was my first dance, my wife and I. Ah. Yeah. That was good. choice. All right, I'm trying to find the button here. <laughs> when the quiet goes, <laughs> I know it's time. The bu-
Alright. This is Pro C from Harmonic Headspace. We are the icing to the cake that is your weekend. We meaning Storzy, Astro, and sometimes me. <laughs> Welcome to Neil Young Part 2. Neil, we are in the 21st century. Neil Young, it gets spotty and dicey at times, but we are in a peak period of early 2000s, in my opinion, but I'm biased. It does. Go, let's go to this text. Uh... That song you played, Double E, is the boringest song I've ever heard. Uh, Jay Hetfield from Hollywood. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, very boring song. Uh, album filler. But the other two are cool. Nice. Well, <laughs> you know. So, did I find a quiet place? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to, to, to disparage nice. my hero. Give it here. to me. I know. I mean, uh, that the... We heard, well, Astro, why don't you run through the songs? There? Yeah, so yeah. we start off with Double E. Uh, you know, Greendale is one of my favorite Neil Young albums, and it is very divisive. Uh, people who are big fans of his, who have given it the requisite listens for it to sink in, uh, love it. But a lot of people haven't, and it doesn't catch you right away. You need to listen to it a lot. Um, Double E, admittedly, is one of the weaker songs on the album, but it is a great album. Unfortunately, the greatest songs on the album are all eight to ten minutes long. Yeah. I just I couldn't. I, I believe me, Sun Green is a fucking killer song, but it's ten and a half minutes long, and I just you, I couldn't do it. You see a pattern developing as he's in Neil's in his fifties. He's like, I do uh, electric, I do an acoustic, I do an electric, I do an acoustic. And yeah, he's he's in that rhythm now. Well, and you're gonna what you're seeing here is what we're starting to have to do here is we're skipping entire albums. Like we just skipped. Are you passionate? Um, and we actually skipped an album that got shelved, a Crazy Horse album called Toast that was recorded. Uh, in in 2001, I believe, and it uh, ended up being scrapped. And Neil went and recorded an album with Booker T and the MGs called Are You Passionate that came out in 2002. It had one Crazy Horse song on it. I think that was from the Toast Sessions uh, called Let's Roll, which was Neil's sort of an unfortunate song. I mean, it's it's basically written from the perspective of the uh, passengers on Flight 93 that went and like went after and took the plane down oh, before yeah. it could get to the Capitol. Yep. Um, and it's just a song from their perspective and it's just, it's a little over the top and it's, it's touchy, but you know, it's, it's Neil, you know, pushing his beliefs out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't really want to play that. And, uh, the rest of the songs just, they don't really fit. Uh, Ari passion is a good album, but it's like, it's like a love album and like a Northern soul style. It's, it doesn't always necessarily work. So we end up skipping it for a double E. So, <laughs> we need we need to have a long song show. We long do. Song show. Yeah. I, I've been pushing for a long song yeah. show. Um, I w yeah, we may see Sun Green just to say screw yeah, you guys. This this summer we'll do a long <laughs> show. Uh, and then from there, uh, the, the songs you guys liked, I thought you liked better. Uh, so far from home, uh, like you said, stores like sort of the you know electric acoustic electric. Mm -hmm. um, Neil had an aneurysm actually between when Greendale came out and when uh, Prairie Wind came out in two thousand five. And, you know, it was dicey. Like, we weren't sure if he was going to make it, if he was going to play again. Like, I mean, aneurysm, how far from the stroke is that? You know, I mean, it's, it's a, very, it's, I think it, he had to learn how to replay guitar. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big, uh, you know, it's right. a big thing. He had brain surgery because of it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it was major. And I remember they, you know, they released a, a movie called Heart of Gold. It was a documentary. It was a, it was a, a, a live concert that was recorded of his band playing at the Ryman. Uh, in Nashville, and they basically they did what Neil does. He he debuted Prairie Wind, the entire album from front to back, 
live on stage at the Ryman and filmed it. It was it was incredible. It's a it's a great, especially if you like the album. Like we debuted saw it, the album, meaning they played it before it came out. Yeah, they debuted it. It's the first time anybody heard it, and they released it in theaters. So like my wife and I went to go see it in the theater, and we knew that it was going to be a brand new album. Oh wow, that's awesome. I've I've not heard of that being done before. It was awesome, and he played like the entire album, and he played some of his older songs that fit into that like countryish style in between and after, mm. um, and it was really cool. It's called Heart of Gold. You can find it on streaming. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, and so Far From Home is one of the. It's a very personal album. Uh, Prayer Wind uh, talking about like growing up in Canada and like living in the farm and stuff like that. And the Far From Home, it, you know, talks about. You know, a lot of it was a song I was referencing earlier where he was saying like, uh, you know, singing songs with his family, like uh, his uh, girl cousin singing harmony, you know, like so it, it was it was cool. Mm. Um, and then after the garden, uh, you know, that was living with war came out in uh, in two thousand six, a year after Prairie Wind. I didn't think Neil would ever be able to play electric again. I was like an old frail man he can strum yeah, acoustic guitar like pete townsend a, a bit of a iraq war protest album was it not? that's exactly what it was uh anti-bush anti-war uh, again not shocking if you knew who neil was mm -hmm. um and uh they, they didn't tour uh prairie wind and i love that album so you know i was disappointed not to be able to see it live but the very next year he went on a, a big tour a u.s tour uh supporting living with war but he actually brought Crosby, Stills, and Nash with him. So it was a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young tour, uh, specifically touring on the Living With War album. So like the other three guys learned all those songs. They weren't on the album. It was a solo album of his. But they learned them all, and they sang them, and they played. Uh, and they played interspersed other songs. Like obviously they played Ohio. It was, it was a protest yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, there were lots of – there was upheaval. There's a, a, a tour documentary for that as well. Um, I don't – exactly remember what it was called but as uh, that, that tour and there's a lot of footage of them pointing out like people like booing and leaving and stuff because they didn't like the content uh they were shocked to show up at a neil young uh, at a, a cross yeah. sales national young uh concert and be uh, assailed with political songs seriously yeah I mean, from the from how the hypocritical can you be right i mean really. or yeah. how how just how clueless can you be like yeah. how could you how could you not think yeah. cross sales national young during this the beginning of this war that there was already protests going on you think these guys they were protesting vietnam dude yeah, they, they yeah. wrote fucking ohio like you, you think they're gonna be okay some, with this some people just don't want to have fun yeah proceed do you want to have some fun let's have some fun so i have some fun facts about neil young i nice. thought i would share let's do it neil's middle name is percival damn it why don't you let me answer personal that? percival percival Come oh, Percival. You got at least here's, here's what I'm sorry. I should have left. You should have asked me. I should have left room. Yeah, you should do true <laughs> or false. So I was, I, was, I was scrolling through some of these facts um, here, and um, this one jumped out at me. I liked it. We haven't talked about this. So, though it wasn't properly released until 1977, Neil wrote Sugar Mountain on his 19th birthday, just after leaving his band, The Squires. Mm. Joni Mitchell fell in love with Sugar Mountain and went on to write The Circle Game inspired from it i don't know if circle game is a great song or not i don't really know that song but but sugar mountain point is, is like we song. haven't talked about sugar mountain like that that's a great song it, yeah it, it it escaped our uh our commentary but uh everybody knows that one mm. yeah i mean but that's on live rust too so we would have been over our quota right <laughs> although neil is canadian his mother edna blow ragland rassy young rassy yeah was a member of the daughters of the american revolution 
meaning she could trace her lineage to individuals directly involved in the United States. I did not know that. Rassi takes no bullshit. That I did know. Yeah. But I didn't realize she could trace back to the daughters of the American I thought that was She's got five names. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of names. You know? Yeah, she was a domineering lady, Rassi. Yeah. Nice. Is that it? Those, those are your... Oh, those are the good ones. Yeah, those, those are the good hits. ones. Those those are are her dad, Scott, ones. was... His dad, Scott, was a writer. I knew that, too. That's yep, about yes, it. Yes, yes.
TV. 
All right, Hitchhiker by Neil Young. Uh, I was going to say we should have warned you, but if you listen to this thinking that you're going to hear, like, Take On Me by Aha or <laughs> fucking uh, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, verse, chorus, verse, something that you've heard like six fucking thousand times, you're wrong. This is harmonic headspace. Fucking strap in, you're <laughs> blasting off into harmonic headspace. Go. Neil Young, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's work this backwards. So, Hitchhiker. Uh, this is an interesting one because this was a title track of one of his infamous scrapped albums from seventy from the seventies, uh, and he brought it back. This is the first time it was released. So he he re, he re released it on this album called Le Noise, L E space, and then Noise, um, which was a, a riff on the producer of the album, which is Daniel Lanois. Uh, and some people <laughs> pronounce his last name Linois or whatever it looks like whatever yeah. so that's what he named the album the album is Neil his guitar and a ton of feedback on the guitar and his vocals produced by Daniel Lanois it was pretty cool yeah I it's mean, different uh, again a different picture a different piece of art right the, the tour cool. the tour was super cool too it got a little I mean, you got used to it quickly but you know he played a bunch of these songs and a bunch of his older songs too that were you know he just played in that style so it's neil you know he's always going to keep it fresh mm -hmm. uh prior to that we had uh we're, we're digging into some of the crappier albums uh this is from fork in the road from 2009 and this is an album that neil wrote about his passion at the time which was you know vegetable oil car 
basically or a uh, vehicle uh, fuel. And uh, if only if only that worked, if it only worked. <laughs> well, it, it did for a while. Like so it, he, he wrote the whole album about this car. Yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> and sadly, you know, he, he, he did a great job like converting as a link volt. I think is what, what the project ended up being called. Like it was a Lincoln Continental that he turned mm-hmm. into an electric car mm-hmm. um, that that ran on like, you know, waste fuel, whatever. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it just bur- like in it, Back to the Future, yeah, I mean, he puts a bunch of bananas in there. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Know, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I think it burned in a in a barn fire. And uh, but the album or the car, the car. Unfortunately, <laughs> the album's still out there. Um, so I was just singing a song, which is actually a decent song off that album, I guess. Uh, but like we skipped other stuff. <laughs> we skipped that other stuff coming up. It's, too. A, it's an interesting uh, concept, though. Like just singing a song. It's Neil at his greatness of. Um, having an idea and being able to say it in a way that makes you think, right? Like just singing a song, he's yeah. saying, uh, like, uh, like probably pointing at all the people who are love to bring attention to these issues, right? Right. Let's bring attention to the issue. But that's not right? enough. But yeah, I'm I'm singing a song about it, right? I'm pointing at it, but you know what? That that's not enough. People need to mobilize. Like, you and need do something. to go get off your ass and do something. Yeah, he's he's had a trajectory there. I mean, he wrote Ohio. Right. Yeah. Total protest song. Yeah. And and now he's writing it in a, from a new perspective with yeah. age in mind. Exactly. And, and, and experience. Yeah. It's exactly. Like ju- yeah. Just 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 saying something isn't going to do it. Right. Exactly. You know, he's been he's done that enough times to know you need to do something besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, he's Neil. So he's not going to tell you exactly what to do. He's going to tell you something needs to happen. Yeah. He's never <laughs> going to stop. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, that's why that's why. Neil Young, I oh God, he's he's seventy six now, seventy six wow. years old. Um, Which means he wrote the song "Dirty Old Man" when he was like 62, yeah. 61, <laughs> when he was truly a dirty old man. Yeah, I mean, I, I still feel like maybe he writes a song that becomes as popular as anything he's ever written. Right, he, he, yeah. can, he can do it. You can't, you can't write him off. Yeah. It's true. 
your happiness and delight. It will only hurt a moment, then it's gone and you can see there's nothing left to leave a mark.
quietly slept the night you wept A secret safe and still well kept Where even Richard Nixon had sold All right, that was our Neil Young part deux. Uh, we had the last three songs here. We skipped over large chunks of Neil's catalog, and that's okay. We were planning <laughs> on doing that. Uh, you know, we got Tumbleweed, which was uh, the song from uh, 1990, uh, sorry, 2014 Storytone, uh, which was uh, an album that he released. It was interesting. It was a, a double CD at the time it came out, or LP, whatever. Um, and. Uh, the album was done with an orchestra. Every song had orchestration. Um, and he put out a separate disc that came with it, which was the same songs, but just stripped down to him and like an acoustic guitar or piano or whatever. Um, and played Tumbleweed, which is a, a cool little uh, acoustic ditty. Um, I prefer the that disc versus the orchestral thing. I'm not much of an orchestra kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we skipped a few albums. Uh, I don't even want to talk about all the ones we skipped. We should have played a horrible one and been like, what the fuck is this? Uh, we shouldn't have time. Uh, so we skipped a couple things. So we went from uh, The Noise, 
Uh, we skipped 2012. Was actually, a lot of big, crazy horse output. They came out with a psychedelic pill, and uh, they released right before that Americana, which was like they, they got Neil got the horse back together again for the first time in a while, and they recorded a bunch of like traditional Americana songs. So like uh, she'll be coming around the mountain, like uh, you know, a bunch of songs like that. You got to you got to really have run out of material when you start playing coming around the mountain. Well, it, it was just he, he was playing uh, a bunch of. Uh, just traditional songs of the yeah, band. And yeah. then they wrote and, and recorded Psychedelic Pill, which is actually pretty good. But again, all, all the songs, there's like one or two songs that are a couple of minutes. I think we've played Psychedelic Pill in the past. But uh, the songs are like 15, 20 minutes long. I want, I want to go back to something you said before. Uh, earlier when you were saying that the first song we played was from 2014 and you, you, you referenced it as a disc, like a, yeah. a double disc. Well, that's what it was. Do you, wanna, do, you, do you want to take a quick guess as to when... Did compact disc sales peak? Ooh, that's a good one. What year? Give me a year. Uh, right before Napster, so 2000. You're, you're absolutely 100% right. Um, 2000, 2000 is when compact disc sales peak, and they pretty much start falling. They don't really, I mean, the, the real um, jettison of compact disc is right around 2009, 2010. Yeah. I'm looking at the graph right now. And, wow. And it, it's... By 2014, it's like minimal. Well, start yeah. lo looking at the vinyl graph starting around that time. I bet you it uh, goes the opposite way. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just, once again, orienting the off audience in that time <laughs> period, and uh, we're we're clear we're into the to uh, MP3s and downloads. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So uh, we skipped psychedelic pill Americana. Uh, we also skipped in 2014. He recorded uh, in Jack White's Third Man Studios, uh, a letter home, and he actually record it like in a phone booth or some shit like some some old school like phonograph type recording and it just sounds terrible like the songs they're okay but it, like it's it sounds like it's recorded in like a, a tape deck like at the end of a subway have either of you seen jack White in, in a box no. yes i've seen him a couple times so you know we were talking about the the earlier album neil did where it was just him and his guitar and he toured it and like you you made the comment um you know you kind of got used to it yeah right I feel like that's what a Jack White show would be like. Is, is that what it's like? I mean, you're just getting used to it. Well, he's <laughs> yeah. got a formula. It's I know him what and he's the guitar saying. and the drums, and that's it. But you he's know? very so, in your face. Yeah. And so at some point, do you sort of go like, okay, you're just going to solo again? Well, I mean, if, the white, <laughs> if you're talking the White Stripes, yes. But I mean, when I saw him, he had like a violin player, a keyboardist, like a drummer, a bass player. Like it was a full band. Yeah. He's, that's he's what he does crazy. these days. He's, he's crazy. Um, so, so sorry, we skipped Letter Home, skipped Psychedelic Pill and Americana. We landed on Story Tone where we played Tumbleweed. Uh, then then uh, the Monsanto years, the very next year, 2015, this was Neil's first collaboration with uh, the band uh, uh, Promise of the Real, which is uh, two of Willie Nelson's sons. Uh, are, it's their band. And he basically pulled them in sort of as a replacement to Crazy Horse. Um, to <laughs> playing. But the thing about they have a, a broad... Uh, they can play the quiet songs, the acoustic songs, the country songs, the rockin' songs. Like they're sort of his ultimate backup band, and so I've seen them a couple times. And like they can play anything. Yeah. So it's super cool. But they released two albums. The first one was the Monsanto Years in 2015, um, and we played "If I Didn't Know" from that. And that's a very uh, anti-corporate, specifically 
anti Monsanto and singing about like GMOs and you know Neil getting in all in on a subject as he tends to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was much better than the one about the uh, biofuel car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's it's a fresh band, like it's it sounds fresh. Like I would I would actually recommend this album. Like if you're gonna listen to Latter Day Neil, this is a good one. And you have to just get past sort of the idea that it's a concept album, and and he's gonna have some heavy handed lyrics in there. But the the songs, the music structure, the performance is really good. I can highly recommend that. When did it come out? Twenty fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, and then he followed that up with uh, Earth, which he, again, recorded with Promise of the Real. But it was some songs from Monsanto years sort of recorded in a live setting. And they edited in like so- uh, um, sounds from the Earth, like animals, uh, things things to make it sound like it was a more earthy type thing. Uh, really cool. Like he, he did What a does the Earth sound like? Uh, just so- sounds of shit going on. <laughs> Birds. Traffic, uh, traffic, uh, water waves. Uh, they did an awesome cover, uh, cover <laughs> version of Vampire Blues on there, which was really great. Mm. Um, and then we skipped uh, 2016's Peace Trail, um, which is he did that like Jim Keltner. He did like a three piece band, just pulled it, came out of nowhere, new material. Um, didn't really pull anything from there. Um, then he started releasing uh, these albums that were from back in the day, like Hitchhiker came out in 2017, that was from the 70s. Um, he released the second, the last one he's done with uh, Promise of the Real called uh, The Visitor, which uh, wasn't as pointed as Monsanto years, and I don't think as good either. Um, and he's had a couple more albums with uh, Crazy Horse. He released uh, Colorado in 2019, and he released Barn just last year in 2021. I personally haven't been able to connect with either of those albums or really Psychedelic Pill all that much. Um, I don't know. That's that's basically where we are up to uh, up to today in Neil Young's output. Um, we played the last song that we played was the acoustic uh, campaigner. He did a series. Uh, he would record a few songs acoustically. He'd stream them on his uh, Neil Young archives app and website um, during the pandemic. And uh, he ended up releasing an EP. He collected like seven of those songs and, and put it out. And one of them was the Campaigner that we just played, which is an, an old song off of a forgotten album, eventually got released on Stars and Bars. <laughs> How many studio albums has Neil Young put out? 26. God. That was a guess, by the way. That was <laughs> 43. <laughs> 41. Wow. <laughs> How many live albums has old, he put out? Big one. Uh, that depends. He's he's yeah. dropping two like this week and yeah. like I, how I'll how recent say, is that? I'll say seventeen. Uh, twenty-two. Twelve. Shit, I bet oh. you it's more than twelve now. <laughs> with the, with the uh, well, Wikipedia knows everything and they're never. Do wrong. they know? Do they know, uh, who, know who Neil Young is married to? Yeah. Do they know that? Uh, I don't know. Wikipedia. I mean, the, Neil Young married. The internet to? must know. The internet knows everything. Sometimes it just explain it wrong. <laughs> uh, I can't find it. It's, there's too many albums. Well, to it's, go it's a I'm trick stuck. question. I mean, it's it go, go Astro. It's Daryl it, Hannah. Lay it on. Oh, that's right. Daryl Hannah. So yeah. that was Neil Young. Uh, hopefully, he keeps going. And like you said, stores. I think he still may have something up his sleeve. We just we're, we got to wait for it. You know, as soon as I get a whiff of anything that Neil is uh, is is up to that that the people are liking, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Find yourself 